0: You've heard it all your life, and not just from your mother, although you probably did hear it from your mother. You have such a great voice. Did you ever think of doing voiceover? let's demystify this fun flexible industry here on the voiceover pod with justine reese brought to you by such a voice i'm justine and i'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so where we will talk to people that have sat in your shoes and then became successful in the voiceover industry we'll talk to people who hire voiceover talent we'll talk about recording sound auditioning casting we're going to share some stories we're going to share some secrets and then who knows you may be my next guest Well, hello, and welcome to the Such a Voice pod. I am your host, Justine Reese, and I'm super excited for today's guest. I have here the amazing Dr. Michael Yurchek. There's a joke in there somewhere. We'll get to that. (laughs) Um, Michael is an actor, an animation talent, and voiceover talent, and coach with Such a Voice, as well as a teacher and educator in Los Angeles at several places that he's going to share with us. And apparently, he also has his PhD, which I just found out, and I think that's super cool. Um, welcome to the pod, Michael. So good to see you.
1: Hooray. Good to be here. I nice know, pod. Nice pod,
0: right? Nice pod. Uh, so we actually, Michael and <laughs> yeah. I, are. Uh, it actually is funny because actually, I was about to say we've met in person, but I don't think we have, actually. <laughs>
1: I think we have one at, at us such a okay. voice thing long, long yes. ago, uh, somewhere yep. in LA, but only once in person, but it just feels like i never And it's though.
0: so, so great always to talk to you. We do talk about, we we do talk about getting together and having lunch one of these days. So we will have to do that because we do both live in the LA yes. area. It's happening. It's, it's going to happen. happen. Um, and one of the things that I love to share with students, students, <laughs> There we go, and I like to make up words. That was me combining, just so you know, because you probably that's can't figure word. out what that's I was doing a good there. Word. I was, <laughs> I was combining the word student <laughs> and audience. Students.
1: And students. Audience. No, that's that good. Actually, that's a word That's Shakespearean. You said that, yeah, you I'm, should I'm keep that one. I'm writing it down. That's I'm a writing good
0: one. it down.
1: You're students. Words. You're, that's like cafeteria, that's right. you know? <laughs> and my other favorite
0: one, opposition, which that's, uh, that's my other one that people walk away. With. All right. So we're, we're off and running here. Um, but one of the things that I think Michael and I, and I have very much in common that our audiences, I think would like to hear about is the fact that we started voiceover back in the day in Los Angeles when it was a very different industry. And I mm. think it, it's interesting to mention that, particularly in the animation world. I mean, first of all, before we get into all that, why don't you give us a brief introduction on yourself and how and why you got into this niche? I know you're an actor as well. and Talk a little sure. bit about your work and where you, how you ended up and landed here in L.A. doing this.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, thank you for having me, and uh, and thank you for yeah. doing this. I think that um, you are a tireless contributor to uh, the such a voice landscape, and you do all this stuff for students. Um, uh, so, in, in the I I coach, and I I try to contribute some, but uh, but I just feel like you are, are are out there doing it in so many ways for everybody. So, thank you. For yeah, I get me. a lot out of it, it. too, I so I enjoy
0: you. it. Thank you, and it's great to have you.
1: Good, good, good. Yeah um but yeah so um i'm michael yurchak my uh my uh i'm known here in this in this uh pod and in this landscape as uh, as one of the coaches and producers uh specifically for animation and animation demos um but i do i also i teach at a conservatory i teach voice at a conservatory the lee Strasberg theater and film institute uh and i I teach, I freelance also at uh, an, an adjunct uh, kind of other places around LA studios and, and universities and things. Um, uh, another place called the Elizabeth Mesnick Acting Studio is another place I, I uh, currently am teaching a class. But um, the, uh, and, and, you know, and then a lot of what I do is I, is I hoof, you know, I, I hustle and, and I audition every day and I've got gigs a bunch of times a month and, um, and uh, I'm out there, uh, you know, doing it just like all of yep. you um i do a fair amount of on camera that sort of at this point in my life is is kind of um happens because i've been doing it for as long as i have i don't pursue it quite as as uh, greedily as i or hungrily as i as i once did more because um uh, i do so much teaching which i love so much and i do so much voiceover and travel and things like that and i've got kids and all the rest of it so uh those things have have uh started to dominate, but I, you know, I do, I still do a bunch of, you know, a, a, a thing or two every year and, uh, and even some theater when I get a chance. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I am, I am, uh, I'm new to the con circuit also. I do, I do lots of comic cons and anime cons and things like that, that, uh, yeah, I've been doing those kind of. Uh, almost twice a month lately, which has been um, this year. It, it really just started post COVID, okay. but one of the shows I was on a show called Naruto Shippuden. I, I've done a bunch. Yeah, of anime, I think I think uh, we de- de- definitely run down specific. some of
0: those some of the, the highlights of the shows you do. Yeah. we probably have some fans out there that want to want to know about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, Naruto is the biggest show that that uh, that I've done, and there's a story that goes along with it that I'll tell on a sec, but. Um, uh naruto is a big show a show called ultraman is a big show or was a big show um a show called bungo stray dogs is a show that's out there um uh i was in a, a movie called the christmas chronicles and the christmas chronicles 2 uh there there are, there's a, there are a lot of anime okay. credits uh that are out there christmas chronicles is an anime but there's there's a bunch of anime stuff out there and then there's a new show called uh my adventures with superman which is on uh hbo max and um and cartoon network um and that's a cool show too although and but and ironically it's in the anime style but it is not anime that's an original which is uh which is kind of exciting and fun but um the the to finish the con story naruto which was popular but uh in a sort of a very very niche kind of way um was re-released on Netflix, and this is ironic since the strike yeah. is happening right now. But um, was re-released on Netflix w- for with no money to the actors, you know, and that's part of what the strike right, is all exactly. about. Exactly, um, though not specific, not specifically to do with the anime contract, no. as it turns out. But still, it's a, it's the same kind mm-hmm. of idea. Um, but the it it dropped again on Netflix, and as a result, during COVID. There was just an explosion of popularity, and suddenly, after uh, you know we came out of isolation, I was just approached by a booking agent who asked if I wanted him to try to get me some work uh, going to cons. And I, I didn't really think much of it. I had never been to a con. I'd never been invited to a con. I always assumed if I was important enough to go, I would have been asked long ago, and I wasn't. So I figured it was done. Um, And I, but I said, sure, you know, I'll try anything once. And, uh, uh, he got me, uh, and he got me a, a a gig and I, I went and did it and it was amazing. You know, it was this incredible, fun, validating, sort of lucrative, uh, kind of incredible, you know, just little journey meeting beautiful people, fans who love the show so much. I sort of can't believe it. Uh, I feel like you know, an intense case of imposter syndrome (laughs) the entire time, but it's beautiful and it's fun. And it's like, it's like, people seem to love it so much. And so I've been doing a ton of that. And, um, and so that's a, that's another big part of what uh makes up the patchwork quilt that is my career. Um so there's teaching and there's there's auditioning and there's gigging and there's cons. That's a lot. And I'm also a dad yeah. and uh, and a husband. And so yeah, there's a there's well, a lot of Well, that's awesome. I didn't know yeah.
0: that you Yeah, I so didn't know about that side of it. And what what surprised you the most when you went to mm-hmm. make, you know, started making appearances, live appearances, was it that people knew who you were that were so connected to the character or was it the other things like did they were they familiar with other work that you done or was it particularly that show
1: well so it's i mean the uh every the by and large it is for naruto so i'll answer okay. those one at a time the first thing is craziest thing that happens it has happened a handful of times but it 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 never gets old, and it happened to have happened the very first one I went to, which was somebody came to the. I was amazed just to be right. there, amazed that anybody cared about the show, and amazed that anybody knew and cared about my. And where was the character. first
0: one? Because of course we A all guy, everyone knows about Comic Con, but there's cons actually, like everywhere.
1: Yeah, this was uh, Anime Con okay. Pasadena. Okay. So it was actually Perfect. in Pasadena, which Happens made it also like the, the the risk for me was very low because I live in Pasadena. So it was like, there we go. But so I went to the con and the very first, like, you know, couple hours, the first thing that happened was a, a grown man came to my table and was weeping. I was just going to say, like literally was he crying? crying? And it was like... <laughs> Aww. Yeah. And, and, and it was like, it was, I, I just, it, but it, because what he said was, so my character, it, the, the story, and this is true for lots of different anime, the, the stories are epic. Okay. Like they're really, really big. They span a ton yeah. of time. They cover gigantic subject matter, metaphorically, very, very heavy and all this stuff. And my character goes through this change uh, where he goes from Uh, earnest and pure to wicked uh, to like sort of saucy and, and naughty to really, really wicked and wanting to kill everyone. Uh, And then realizes uh, his mistake redeems himself pays, pays for it with his life, but in so doing saves like the population of the planet.
0: Wow. (laughs) It's a big story. It is. And
1: this guy and, and this, you know, this, this man, talked about the power of redemption and how we're bigger than our biggest than our worst mistake and how uh you know watching and following my character through the episodes helped him realize that he could make amends too helped him realize that he could start fresh and and talked just about how he found his own path through whatever it was he was going through by watching the show and then specifically had just kind of attached me to that journey which i really did not of course deserve but was so honored to listen and to make space for you know hold space for him and hug this i mean this is a guy this is a big tough man and what a
0: sweet story but
1: he was you know we just had this thing and i tell you i get that. That, I think, is the most common and most gratifying thing that happens to me five or six times, I would say, every single time I go out, which and, is amazing. And, you know, amazing. I think this really is, Um That's the well, best thing. Well,
0: first of all, you do deserve it because I think the one thing that any actor wants at any point is to move somebody to the point that they have that, you know, you, this show had that much impact that actually it really- transformed him, made him make some huge changes in his own life. That's amazing. And the anonymity that we have as voice talent, and then you get to have a face-to-face contact like that is probably even adds to the impact for him meeting you because I think, because it's like this character that really is imaginary and then you're a person with a real thinking feeling mm, mm. you're the voice behind it that brought all of these things to life. I mean, that's amazing, Michael. I, we should all have, we should Thank all get you. to have no, those that, moments.
1: That, that's a great way of putting it. Honestly. I mean, like you, and you said it, you said it perfectly. It's just, you know, it's the kind of, I think, I mean, I know for me, I just, I, I, I want to make a difference. It's why it's I teach here. too, you know, and, 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 um, i believe so deeply that this i, I don't want to take myself too seriously but i do take the work seriously and i do want to be contributing yeah. something um and uh that something i did or took part in participated in made a difference to someone's life in a positive way is like the it's the it's the biggest gift and reward i could possibly have ever mm-hmm. hoped for and i just Thought it might have kind of been, you know, that that just may never happen for me, and and so that it is happening now for a show that you know, when I started doing um, Naruto, I my the the pay for dubbing um, even through the union, uh, which Naruto is a union show, uh, the dubbing contract is is very low. You know, you really don't make very much money doing it. I recorded the show for eight years. I probably did easily over 100 episodes. Um, There are, there have been, uh, you know, the people that were there before me had been recording it for 12 years. There are something like 720 episodes of the show. So, you know, it is a big, long-running, huge volume of work, but really made all in very, very little money. Um, And so you did it as a labor of love, which it was for me. And my agent didn't, I was with WME at the time. They didn't want anything to do with it. They were were like, you know, good for you, but it's too much of a hassle. The paperwork's not worth it for us. Just keep it. It's gas money. I said, okay, you know, that's fine. But then I never talked about it. I didn't, like, I I didn't know where to watch it. It was, it was, you know, we started it back in 2008. Oh my gosh. So was just like a secret? Let alone streaming services and stuff. Yeah, well, it was just like it was like whoever yeah. knows about it. It's not like yeah, I don't know, and it wasn't me because I didn't know how to. I don't know where I didn't know where to watch it. It wasn't as somebody big of a was thing. watching. Maybe you can give our so,
0: audiences a little dis a dissemination between animation and anime. Now, those of you that are big fans probably know this already, yeah. but I don't actually know what the dictionary well, description might be. Right.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the dictionary wise, I think what they generally say is that anime deals with more adult themed stuff. It is It is Japanese uh, in by, in origin. Um, it o- often the uh, the shows are shows that originated in Japanese so that any English versions of them or from other languages around the world are dubbed. Um, and then the subject matter tends to be, more adult in nature right. in terms of violence, their sex, wow. uh, their their it and 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 like uh, just kind of big heady major okay. issues, and then there's also this flip side to it where it gets like very campy and silly sometimes, and it it switches almost like it's almost like it changes genre halfway through sometimes, and then bounces back again, and so it's it it it's it kind of it's it is there's art. And there's writing and there's performance that is very recognizable as being specific to um, anime. That's that's just different than uh, different than than um, uh, uh, animation. And then animation, what we think of as animation, it, these are first run things. This is stuff where you are originating a role the writing comes first and then the then the drawing comes second whereas in anime for dubbing contracts anyway you are putting your voice into something that exists already so the work is actually very technical in that right. way because you have to sort of you you'd go, yeah. well
0: it's if it's is it always dubbing then anime I, no, is pretty i don't much think it, Always going to be. It doesn't. Adapting.
1: I suppose it doesn't. It wouldn't have to be, but by and large, it is because, as I said, you know, because most of it originates in Japan, um, and so the show exists already. Right. Um, My Adventures with Superman. The, the art looks. It, you can tell that it's anime driven, um, but it is an original run show. So that that one we record here. It, I don't know that it. I, I don't think that that's considered anime though that so you know that may be different
0: Got it. well that that's a great distinction because i actually i didn't know but let's kind of back things up a little bit to understand um you came out here as an actor and started focusing Mm -hmm. on voiceover that's kind of what i'm gleaning which was kind of my story as well uh and did that sort of just start taking off? Although you're still doing the acting, you know, your other acting stuff too. What was it? I started doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I I started doing, um, actually I got, so I kind of got my SAG card and started making a living doing on camera commercials as a young guy in my 20s. So I was doing a lot of commercials then. Um, And, I did that for about five years and around, so I got out here, you know, sort of mid nineties and then I, I'm going to age date myself here, but, and then right around the, the like turning into the two thousands. Um, I had, um, I just, I'd been doing a lot of sketch comedy. I'd been doing a lot of, uh, of, of fun sort of character driven stuff, uh, doing commercials, uh, and, or the odd television or film job. And, um, somebody at some point, you know, as is true with so many people said, you know, you, you seem to have a knack with voices. You should, you should think about doing uh, voiceover. And I didn't know anything that, you know, how to get into it, or it hadn't even really occurred to me that that was a thing. So I inquired, I asked at the time, I already had a, a commercial agent and a theatrical agent. I asked my commercial agent who I knew that we had, I knew they had a voiceover department. So I asked them, you know, what, what, could i could i start being represented by the vo department and they said well you know you, you'd have to take a a a class it's it's a it's a it is a, it is a specific skill set that you can't just count on having i mean i, I didn't have another job at the time mm-hmm. you know i was like i made a living as an actor i wasn't waiting tables anymore i was you know doing commercials regularly i had a bunch of stuff on the air i was making you know i'd been in a bunch a couple movies a couple tv shows that kind of thing um, I was young, so I didn't take that much to pay for, you know, rent and so on. But still, um, but yeah. so I took a class and uh, and I put together a demo. At the time, this is on a cassette tape, um, uh, which 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 you children out yep. there probably my don't t- even recognize <laughs> that word, do you?
0: Mine actually started real to real, which Amazing. I still have, and then went to the cassette. Which cracks me up. And then, of course, we had CDs. And listen, you people out there, you don't know what we oh had to God. deal with with FedEx envelopes and, and you know, hoping like it got crafty. somewhere. Yeah, and it creative
1: labels and pictures.
0: But the worst thing was the worst thing is that when you start working, you got to go redo that demo whereas now your demo can kind of stand as your demo if it's good and then your work can start to speak for itself. Yep. And you can just start loading that stuff yeah. up on your website. So you guys are in a much better for yeah. so many reasons. It's yeah, so much yeah. better now. Um, well, so
1: yeah, and I, I took know, a class, uh, and, and uh, you know, my teacher Carol Kimball, who's uh, you know, is a remains a casting director here in LA. I know. Um, uh, helped me yeah. put together a demo, and then she actually was kind enough at the time. Again, the the, the market was so much different then, um, but uh, she sort oh, of yeah. marched it into a couple different agencies. The agency that was that had represented me for um, uh, on camera stuff. And then and, uh, another place, which was uh, TGI, which uh, was, they mm-hmm. offered to sign me right away. And um, actually, the funny thing is, she brought it in. Uh, they, we played it for people. Um, a woman who, uh, I don't know if I should mention this person's name, but a person who has since gone on to become one of the, the named partners at Arguably the largest agency, or, or one of the the top five here in L.A., um, said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said thank I said thank uh-huh. you. I was walking out, and Wes Stevens came running out to the lobby and was like, "Hold on a second, I'm going to sign you." And I was like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, you got you've got a thing. I want to I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna take you." And I was like, "Okay, great." I signed I'm with him. He, and then within two weeks, I happened to get, this is just, and this you cannot count on. This This is a good story, but it doesn't, this is not the way things work. Um, I booked my very first big job, which was for a campaign to be the voice of uh, KB Toys, which is a big toy store back in the day. Um, I booked booked it and it was just Uh like, it was my first voiceover job. And it was like a year and a half, two years of Lots and lots of regional and local and national television spots, lots and lots of regional and local and national radio spots, uh, product stuff, just working on, like three, four days a week for a year and a half. I really, really learned how to do it in that time. Right. And at the, t- at yes. the same time, I did the, uh, again, I just, I don't know, I just started booking a lot and and, and it became, it was so obvious like, oh gosh, this is, this makes sense in a way that on camera, never it was, I felt like I was a good actor. I felt like I, you know, I, I offered something, but it was so, it felt so much more, uh, I don't know, it was hit or miss in a way that um, voiceover just seemed to not be for me at that time. And so uh, I, I just stayed with it. And as I say, you know, I've kept the door open on both sides. It's just that if I'm being totally honest, Voiceover has just been the thing that has made most sense and it's where I've struck it, you know, lucky uh, the the most number of times. It's just the truth.
0: And I think we just now in today's day and age, and it's nice that having that kind of on the job training is what happens now in your home studio. It's just very different. But you just have to get in there and do it, which is why I think when we, you know, coach students to get out there and start pursuing their career. You know, you you walk out there, you've got good demos, but you have to get in the booth and audition. That's really yeah, what it is. Yeah. And it was very different when Michael and I started because you would get a you would get a call from your agent back then. And actually, it's funny because I, Wes is also my agent, and he's still to this day a good friend. And I will get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I want to temper anything we're talking about with agents for all the listeners out there because we are not saying you need an agent to get started in voiceover. You do not.
1: At right the now. time, um, kind you may of
0: never get an agent. You yeah. did. It was very yeah. different yeah. then. Right. There was, uh, it was a very, you know, it was kind of a closed, uh, a closed door that didn't have, uh, you know, as much opportunity, opportunities out there. Um, and now, you know, you can start creating those opportunities and have this more control over it, uh, over the whole thing. But the experience that you have by doing, you can't, you can't get any other way. And now you get to do, you can kind of control how you have That's that experience right. by, by getting in there and auditioning a lot, you know, um, let's talk a little bit about the today's, you know, the, the students that you're working with today that maybe don't have the acting Mm -hmm. background because, you know, I get that sometimes I'm sure you do too. Well, I don't know about this because I don't have this experience that you do, but it's not necessarily what you have to, there's no exact roadmap, but we do want you to have a strategy and that's why we do Audition you, and particularly if you're going to get into our animation program. Not everybody does get into the animation program because it really just because you're good at voices or impressions and have a very good um, type of voice and instinct for commercial and narration does not necessarily mean animation is going to be the way to go for you.
1: You know, it's it's learnable, it's teachable. The the thing for me is that um, yeah, you you don't necessarily need to have a a you know an acting degree under your belt or anything like that but you do need to be open to the idea that this is acting we can't pretend that it isn't acting um and when you are doing animation what is happening is that scenes in an imaginary circumstances are playing out between characters that is Dramatic art, right? <laughs> like that. Is, that is what is you know is acting. Reacting, react, you know, something yeah, happening. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the difference between that, that and a commercial, which is also vaguely imaginary, um, but generally is, uh, while there may be vignettes, like short little scenes that are playing out between characters, those are like sketches and they're, 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 they're literally are 15 to 30 seconds long. It's faster. It's, you know, it's, uh, you are utility for the product, et cetera. And so it's just a slightly different deal. Um, Narration, of course, you know, you're doing long, you're reading long form scripts, but it's not. And, and you may even be doing it through the the lens of a particular point of view. But again, it's, it's, it is a kind of acting, I suppose, but it's a different kind of acting. Animation is as close to just theatrical or cinematic acting as, as there is. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, the the definition of acting, according to Sanford Meisner, is behaving honestly in imaginary circumstances. That's what must happen. The thing is that with animation, it's not just imaginary circumstances like my father died. It's imaginary circumstances like I'm a flying squirrel who fights crime and, you know, I'm in love with a moose. You know, it's but like it ha- even though it's outlandish, it has to feel Like it's based in something that is real for you. So that flying squirrel needs to feel like he or she has a heart and a mind and is seeing and interacting with people, places and things in a three dimensional world that makes him or her see, hear, smell, touch, taste, think and, and, you know, and vibe uh, with all that other Mm -hmm. stuff. And then they have to speak honestly. And that is not an, e- that's a skill set, you know, learning how to think that, of it.
0: That's a skill set is a skill set on the commercial end and the animation end. Really, in some ways, I think we have the most fun, but one of the most difficult jobs as actors to create these circumstances. And nowadays, and, and you can update me on how animation is being done um, in studios, sometimes you might have that ensemble of characters there and sometimes you may not, but we have to be prepared all the time to act with nobody yeah. and create the illusion that's of a, a, gr- that's,
1: that's a great. We plan. have to
0: have that. That's yeah. so hard.
1: And you know yeah. what the thing it's, it's funny because that's one of those things where it's like technology has taken us so far and has made something so much better and so much easier and so much more accessible. And all of this is excellent. The thing it's taken away from us yeah. is uh, the need to perform in an ensemble which we didn't realize was actually the greatest yeah. gift um yeah because it just it, it makes such yeah. a difference well,
0: i think that Go ahead. do you think that especially during covid obviously we had to get away from that and people started now i think my impression and you do more animation than i do so tell me if this is true but my impression is that during covid they had to figure out ways to keep mm-hmm. production going and voiceover mm-hmm. could so the things that were taking place in studio were maybe starting yeah. to go to the home studio where people might have been on Zoom or whatever. But is there a trend to go back into the studio? Do you see that happening? Uh, of course, right. we're on strike now, so I don't. We don't know when this is going to air when you are listening to this. But right now, this is summer, August of 2023, and there's an actor strike going on. So it's a very big deal in Hollywood right now, where you know production is essentially shut down. Um, but do you think that? there is a trend to go back into the studio or has that happened? What have you seen happen in, in the last
1: year? year I that? have not seen it. Well, I, what I should say is there is, there is a trend to get back into the studio, but not as ensemble. So at least most of the work that I've mm. done, uh, the last year or two, uh, even when I, a lot of it, I do right here from my booth, but, um, when I do go yep. in, uh, I go in alone and, and, uh, and record that way. um, The thing, of course, and people may be wondering, you know, why is it such a big deal? It's a big deal because the energy in the room is a completely it is such an important element to the vibe that exists with the like the way you speak your line when it when you are responding honestly to something that another actor has has said um, is full of reaction acting is reacting right is is acting is listening is acting is is being in yeah. touch taking in and sharing um and that goes away I, you know uh, your friend uh yeah. Debra I'll never forget this I did a, an episode of a couple episodes of a show called Legend of Korra um and I did this is years ago yeah. and it was one of those shows I did the pilot uh of the of the series and we did a table read. First of all, we all went into Nickelodeon and it was a full cast. There were like 20 people in the cast. It was everything from the star, from Korra to, you know, uh, soldier number four. Everybody was in and we did this big table read where we read the whole script. Everybody was introduced to each other. Um, and then we we read it from the first page to the last page. And I'll never, first of all, it was so exciting because one, it was exciting to be at Nickelodeon and it was exciting to, you know, it's, it's, they've got all this kind of stuff all over the building and it's a fun, silly building just as you'd imagine it. And that was cool. And I recognized.
0: Yeah. I mean, just that alone, when you get to go, there's, there's many studios in Hollywood that are, were some of my favorites. One margarita mix was one of my favorites. I just was so excited to get. Not to mention they'd br- they'd yeah, exactly. they... Yeah, exactly. They got a great kitchen at
1: Margarita Mix. That's right. But,
0: <laughs> but this is a real thing—the energy yeah. that you feel. So we have to kind of, we have to kind of recreate well, that in a different just way. Just real quick,
1: though, because just because it, I, I think you'll like this. That that day, though, I went in and um, and I'll never forget yeah, awesome. D. Bra- so D. Bradley Baker for everybody's listening out there. He's one of the workingest voiceover actors. In the business right now. He's a great guy and he's a great friend of Justine's. And
0: uh, yeah, he's a very good friend. And you hear me talk about him. If you ever took my intro class, I talk about the guy that moved out here that wanted to be the next Mel Blanc and his first job was Daffy Duck and Space Jam. So, boom. Yeah. I mean, he's
1: also a guy that has found his niche more than anyone I know. And he is a monster guy. He's like sort of a a creature person. Um, And he was playing the polar bear dog of Cora and he like at one he at one point was just panting and sniffing and, and sort of you know he's like, <laughs> and just kind of like making all this great sound <laughs> and I just I'll never forget it I was I was so amazed and happy and excited and inspired and just like oh my god this is a this guy this guy and i'll just never forget it he didn't even have a line in the show he was only the he was only the creature but i was God. like this is the most talented person at the table like for sure and uh his daughter was in the show actually also she played the kid version I was
0: just going to say i remember this so well because his daughter's name yeah. is Cora and um i remember when this was happening and she got cast yeah. that's yeah. right she she played the but kid version so, yeah. of cora and i think that was the first thing well, it, I just, Ugh, I rem- if, I've seen if. him
1: since and yeah. told him about that. And, you know, just like that was one of my first big jobs, uh, in the studio and it, w- uh, for animation. And it was, it just was yeah. this, it was like, it was so inspirational to be in the space and that doesn't happen anymore. You know, it doesn't, and, and, you know, I, will yeah. it, I think all actors know that it's better to be in the, in the space. I think we would all choose to be in the space. I think that producers, directors, writers all know that that's true. And it is sometimes cost prohibitive and scheduling is very difficult. And yet if, if, you know, I, in my heart, I want to believe that people somewhere sometime will do their best to do it as much as possible. I don't think it's gone, but it has fallen away from being the norm because it's like, it's almost like it, it became so convenient to not do it that um, that now it's hard for people yep. to go back. It's one of those things that worked so well during COVID uh, that people just haven't gone back to it. That was part one of Justine's interview with Michael Yurchak, animation genius. Part two, coming soon. If you want to learn more about what it takes to become a working voiceover actor, Come to an intro class or schedule a voice evaluation with Justine. You can contact her at Reese at suchavoice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-E-R-E-I-S-S at suchavoice.com. Or check out our website at suchavoice.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe to this channel or leave a review. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.